T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. That is Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Rosner. This hour is brought to you by Horowitz & Horowitz, Illinois' top personal injury lawyers. Right now, it's time to go out to the Score hotline where we're joined by Richard Justice, national baseball columnist for MLB.com. You can see him on the MLB Network. You can follow him on Twitter, at Richard Justice, and you can hear him right now on Hit and Run. Hey, Richard, how you doing? I'm good. Good morning, you guys. The um, the Zach Britton thing seems to be <laughs> seems to be heating up quickly as he has, uh, has come back and pitched on consecutive days. Where do you think he will wind up, and what is your comfort level in his health? Uh, well, my comfort level in the health is very much an unknown. I think he's going to end up with the Astros. They were close. They were within an eyelash of a deal last year. Good thing they didn't make that. They may not have had the prospects to get Justin Verlander. Um, and uh, the Orioles weren't comfortable with some of the medical reports on the prospects. One of those prospects, um, Colin Moran's going to get some votes for National League Rookie of the Year. So that's the way that goes. Here's the problem. Um, I don't know who's in charge in Baltimore. I don't know who's making the calls. You know, Ken Rosenthal reported that they're now interviewing other executives. Well, you have a general manager, Dan Duquette, an expiring contract. Uh, Your manager's contract is up. Brady Anderson, a former player, has a big voice. And the owner hasn't said what the blueprint is going forward. So we talk about Britton and Machado and Adam Jones and, you know, all these guys. I think there's a bigger problem on uh, who's in charge. And what's the plan from getting from here to there? And before any of those guys gets traded, I think you got to settle that. I mean, if they're in the process of hiring a new general manager, I don't know how you make a trade. On the other hand, you, you have to do two things right now. You have to find out, if we offered Manny Machado $300 million, would he stay? Because that's not even a payroll expense. That's a credibility of the franchise cost. And, you know, teams look at that all the time. Um and then go from there. But there's no indication any of those things are going to happen. Do I Do I think Zach's going to get traded? I think so. But <laughs> there are so many questions in Baltimore, I don't even know where to begin. Wow, that's so Orioles. That is just so Orioles. They can't do anything right, and now they've got these, these really strong commodities, and they're five weeks away, and teams talking to them have no idea whether what they're going to do with these guys. So yeah. how do, how well, do opposing well, teams even make their plans? Right, and over the winter when they were marketing uh, Machado, I, I mean, I think that's the best way to say it, they were marketing him. I don't think anybody, any of these teams that were stepping up to, to bid for him had any confidence that the owner, Peter Angelos, was going to approve a trade. And let, let me just say, I defend him on that. You get this kind of player. He's the only player that's ever played third base in Baltimore, uh, including Doug DeSensei, that you would even mention in the same breath with Brooks Robinson, I'm counting Cal Ripken as a shortstop. And um, so it's hard to trade that kind of guy. And I, I would make, I would still make every effort to sign him. I've asked all kinds of people, tell me the revenue situation, all that. Like, 
but what's the cost of your franchise if you lose him? You go to a deep rebuild, that's fine. I lived in Houston when they went into the worst rebuild, the you know the most costly rebuild, and they're on the other side of it now. They're going to draw three million or close to it this year. Mm. But for those years, your TV ratings are zero. Your your ballpark is empty, and you know what? It takes a lot of work to get people to come back. I was actually... it, helps, it helps having George Springer, Jose Altuve, that that and winning a World Series. That, that really that tends to bring people back. <laughs> yeah, how different is life with the Astros covering the Astros for the fans after the World Series? Um, because of the hurricane and the impact on the city, and the fact that these guys said and did every right thing. They understood their place. Not unlike the Yankees in the wake of 9-11 in in New York. Um, In that, they knew that winning a baseball game was not going to drain one teaspoon of blood water or put one life back together. But they did their part in that, too. But what they did know is, like, if you have a good baseball team and it's entertaining, you give people something to think about uh, uh, for uh, two or three hours a day. And this team was so you know, what's the word, entertaining, that you couldn't help but get caught up. I went around after the World Series and said, asked different people that I knew that were baseball fans, I said, was there any point in the postseason that you just started crying? And a lawyer downtown told me, he goes, no, get out of here. And his wife goes, game seven against the Yankees, you were crying like a baby over there. (laughs) (laughs) Richard, watching the Astros, and last night's a perfect example, it's like you just knew, I mean, they – Kansas City pitcher gets one really bad call against him in the ninth inning, and you're like, okay, you know where this is going now. You know right. absolutely where this is going. They just they just have so much. They are so loaded. Why is there no hangover for the Astros? And do you buy into the uh, home field advantage against the Yankees being a very big deal? Well, the Astros played well not. In the, they were 8-1 and in the postseason uh, in the, at home last year. Uh, this year, their offense is two runs a game worse in, in Houston. Uh, why no home field, uh, hangover? I've asked plenty of people that because the one thing you worried about, and people have asked me this all the time, are they really like that, the way they are in the dugout? They're just kids. I mean, that joy and that energy, you see it in the Atlanta dugout and the Philadelphia. You know, when you're winning for the first time, you saw it with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you keep that? Well, first of all, the young guys, they keep bringing guys like Garrett Cole in who have a wand. And the young guys just show up every day the same way, and I think you just have to get on that train. They just have fun. You know, when they had a 15-game lead at the All-Star break last year, people would ask A.J. Hinch, how are you going to maintain it? How are you going to maintain your edge, your hunger? And he goes, just watch us play. We play the same way every day. Our guys like to play. And I would say, added to that, Garrett Cole, young guys like Alex Bregman, add to that, Justin Verlander. He changed a lot of things with this club, just the way he performs the expectations he has for himself and the expectations he has for others. Talked about this uh, earlier in the show, and we were a little surprised this week. There were multiple articles basically writing off the White Sox rebuild, almost calling it a failure in year two. Uh, Where do you stand on the White Sox? I would, this is where I stand. Like these rebuilds are not a straight. Go look at Kansas City. At the end of the 2011 season, we all wrote, okay, Mustakas, Perez, Hosmer, they're all up. It's going to be, you know, a party every day after that. Well, they did not go back to the play. They didn't go to the playoffs, I think, for three more years. And they were tested plenty of times. They stayed the course. Their owner stayed the course. But their general manager said all along, you know, 
it's not going to be as easy as we made it look the first day. And that's what you get. So the test for the White Sox is not what Mancata is going to be or Anderson or when it's Kopech and Eloy and all those guys. It's not that. It's stay the course. They have so much talent. It's not unlike Atlanta. It's not like unlike the Cubs. They have so much talent in their minor league system. They're going to win because they're competent. Rick Hahn is competent, and uh, and they have, you know, I, I hope they don't trade a Brady because, you know, I, I was with him a lot in spring training. I think he's really huge in that room. Now, you know, and now Rick knows his club. Ricky, Rick and Ricky know their club better than I do. And if they feel they can move on in a certain direction, but I think he's good. I think he's good for Evasale, and I think he's really good for Mancada. And you see that at times like a kid like Mancada needs it at times. But I just when I look at all those guys, you know, Luis Robert and uh, who else, Cease, and you know, I, I think there's a lot of talent there. What people are frustrated by is like the, some of the young pitchers have gotten their gotten their butts handed to them. But that's going to happen too. And, you know, having said all that, it's, there's no guarantee that it's going to come out right, that every player is going to turn out to be Carlos Correa. Yeah, if you if I read you the Cubs lineup from the second month of the second season of their rebuild, you'd throw up your breakfast right now. <laughs> well, Rich. yeah, and here, here here's what I want people to know, and I know Theo's told you guys this. He, they would look at the board and go, we don't have any players. <laughs> we don't have any players that's going to make a difference. And what did he do? He made one trade. He traded for Anthony Rizzo, and all of a sudden they had a guy, okay, now that's where our manager can come in every day and write his name in. That's a start, because it always starts with one guy, and then uh, they drafted another guy <laughs> that plays third base, and, you know, they didn't know really what they had in Baez. You know, it just, it's a perfect, it's a perfect storm, and that's what it has to be. It's, you have to do it, but there is a certain amount of luck. Look, the Astros, the second year of the rebuild, they had the first pick in the draft. I think he was the first pick in the draft. They didn't sign their guy, yeah, uh, a pitcher, Brady Appel. What happens? The next year, they get the second pick in the draft. Who lands in their lap? Alex Bregman. Now, that's not skill. The first draft they drafted, first two picks, they used they monkeyed with the slot and drafted Carlos Correa and Lance McCullers and a young outfielder they used to get Evan Gattis. Uh But they didn't know, like, if we, oh, let's not sign our first pick. And then next year we'll get a better player. Yeah, we we talked about that a week or two ago. I mean, if you throw in Mark Appel and and Brady Aiken, I mean, there's there's mistakes there. Everybody everybody has them. Um, but, yeah, he's Richard Justice. He's MLB.com baseball columnist. Richard Adrian Beltre's had a good last week, ten days. There seems to be some interest in him. What could the Rangers get for him? Does he want to go? Is there value there? Can he stay healthy? All these things, seem, all of these things, seem to come together as one question. Well, third base is interesting because you have let's name up Mustakas. You know, you would think Machado is going to be traded at some time. He could be a third baseman. And who's looking for a third baseman? I think Atlanta would like to add a third baseman. Oh, I forgot to mention Josh Donaldson if he gets healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, I think. I don't know what the I guess what I'm saying is I don't know what the market is. I think there could be a deal there that makes sense with the Angels, and what could they get for him? If it's a if it's a guy that you feel is going to put you over the top, you could get a player or or maybe a player and a, a real prospect and a lesser prospect. If you feel that's the guy, you know, and you're just telling your fans and your players we're putting all our cards on the table. The truth is, I don't know because the mar, the trade market's going to go this way. 
they're going to go all through the pitching first, and then they're going to start on the bats. And as we saw in free agency last year, the bats are the last thing to go, and they don't have the value that we would like to subscribe to them at times. In your most recent piece, uh, it just went up this morning, MLB.com, the headline, 10 Holes That Postseason Contenders Must Fill. If you had to pick one trade that will be made to a specific team, what would you go with? One trade. Oh, Jay Happ. Um, now, I think Jay Happ's going to be traded. Where do I think he's going to be traded? Seattle. Hmm. Makes but a lot I, of sense. That's interesting. Say, I, I've heard the Yankees a lot in regard to Jay Happ. Well, the Yankees are, yeah, they're definitely in that mix. Because who are the starting pitchers that would get you excited? Jay Happ, Tyson Ross. Uh, you know, with Cole Hamels, you have a money issue. Um, so that's why I think there, there's going to be a real run on the relievers, and there has been because the way, say, Seattle looked at it or uh, um, you, is that, okay, we would like to have a starter get us in the seventh or eighth inning, but if we get a reliever, that the starter only has to get us into the fifth. It, it always has that way. It goes that way. And I'll tell you this, every contender wants badly wants to make a trade because you want to send a message to your fans and your players. You guys busted your butts for four months. Um, now we're going to do something to help you because we see our window is open. Even if you don't think it's open, you got to convince your guys it's open because who knows? Uh, I, and I have to bring it up. Under Cubs, your first sentence, here's the Machado landing spot. <laughs> what, yeah. do you, what do you think it would take? You mean in terms of money? Um, just for the Cubs to get to land Machado for a few months. Well, you know, when you write that, the more you look at Addison Russell, you're less certain about it. Um, I would say in both the case of the Cubs and the Cardinals, particularly the Cardinals, they need a jolt. I don't, you know, they're this month the Cardinals are 19th and 20th in bullpen rotation offense. I think you need a jolt. So I think that's what Theo and Jed would be doing. They would be making a move to send a Joe. What would it take? <laughs> they can make the move. They can make it happen. You know, their, their farm system is down. This is one of the things when you win a championship, you've got to be guard against is stripping your stripping the cupboard bare, and then it puts you in a bad spot. Um, so that that's my answer. I mean, I think they can do it, uh, and I think it would make some sense for them to do it, although the more you look at them and the more you look at figure the questions with Darvish, it may not be what they're looking to do. Richard, we don't talk a lot about the Cleveland Indians, probably because we just know they're going to win the division and, you know, we just don't get that interested in them until the postseason. But the Trevor Bauer thing has me really interested all of a sudden, because if he's going to pitch like this, I think we, I think we have to start talking about the Cleveland Indians. Are they, are they a serious player in the American League while we spend all our time talking about the Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, and even as of late, the Seattle Mariners? You have to get two relievers, and they know that. And their path to the postseason, like you said, is the easiest. And if you throw Kluber and Bauer and Clevenger, you know, they, Carrasco's very important to them, uh, and they're uncertain about him. But you're right. When you face Kluber, he's going to beat you. You know, he, that, you're going to lose game one with Kluber unless you can match him with a Verlander or a Severino or somebody. And uh, Bauer is nasty. You know, all that potential we saw when he was in Arizona, and 
he has finally figured it out. He's added a, I think it's a, he's added another pitch, but basically he throws hard and he's not, a, and his control is not that great and he makes you uncomfortable. And that's what you want in October. That's, that, that's why the Indians have to go get bullpen help. They have to extend themselves because they have a championship offense and they have a championship rotation. What's your outlook for the Dodgers? A team I'm having a tough time figuring out. We we saw the Kershaw return last night, and then uh, Matt Kemp. I don't have any answers there. <laughs> uh, well, if you tell me uh, here it is in late June, and the Dodgers got their bacon saved by uh, Ross Stripling and Walker Bueller and Max Muncy, I would have said, and Matt Kemp, I would have said, wow, it's a weird year. But that's the way they build their team with a lot of not investing in one guy, but investing in five guys at each spot and. Uh, so do I think they're going to win that division? Uh, I sort of do, but in the case of both the Nationals and Dodgers, I grow less confident by the day because the Braves, I think, are the real deal, and they're they're going to add, maybe, and the Phillies may add Machado. Who knows? Um, so... Well, who, are you conf- who are you confident in the National League in? Because most people would put uh, the Cubs and Nationals at the, at the top. No, I'm confident in the Cubs. Yeah, you know, okay. I know they're not scoring now, but when you look at the pieces of that offense, that's a good offense. And I, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of, you know, they need to get the closer help. <laughs> need to pay close attention to the closer, make sure he doesn't get hurt. But no, they're they're a championship team. That's the team I would have the most confidence in. And if if the Nationals don't get Steven Strasburg back, it changes the whole look at their of their club. Richard, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. I'm sure we will uh, catch up to you again this summer. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Richard. Richard Justice from MLB.com, national baseball columnist. Uh, I want to get. I want to revisit Shadow landing spot. Yeah, I want to revisit <laughs> some of the things he said. We have to get to the Cubs. Tyler Chatwood uh, off to see his baby born. Mike Montgomery will start today. There's lots of Cubs stuff to get to. We have White Sox fans still on hold. John and Ed will get to you next. Bruce Levine, top of the next hour right here on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosner with you for another hour taking up the Cubs baseball. we got to get to some White Sox calls here. And we have to discuss the Cubs rotation some other issues regarding the North Siders. And there's a there's a Chris Russo moment from this week. Oh, but this one was super special. I don't know if if you're unaware of it, we will we will get to that in just a couple minutes. You're gonna want to stay tuned for this one. I mean, he's special in general. This one is <laughs> this one is spectacular. This one is lose your job level. For real. He should have been fired after this. Let me hear your thoughts on that. Fire away. Yeah. Pink slip. Immediately. <laughs> Hit and Run is brought to you by Northwestern football coach Fitz and the Music City Bowl champs. Host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Season and single game tickets are on sale now at nusports.com. And the bottom of the hour is brought to you by Campland RV. Tired of the stop and go? Head on over to Campland RV for their 57th anniversary sale. Now through the end of June, find great deals on RVs and campers. Campland RV, RV buying made easy. Just a short drive off I-94 in northwest Indiana. John in Mount Greenwood, you're on the score. Good morning, John. 
Good morning, guys. Uh, guys, as far as being frustrated or being uh, all on board with the rebuild, I'd say I'm neutral. I mean, I think the miners look great. And, you know, many people have mentioned Acuna and all of these and Soto. And, yeah, that normally doesn't happen that way. But I also think that sometimes we forget that Giolito, Lopez, Anderson, I mean, my count is 23, but the rest of the guys are like in the 24, 25 range or about to turn 24 or 25. And like Quintana and Sale at that time were either all-stars or very good pitchers. And, and I think we forget that Anderson was the number one pick. Um, Lopez came in the Eaton deal. Giolito was the number one pick. Fulmer a number one pick. So, yes, they're young, but they're, I mean, I think sometimes we have to move the goalposts on what's young. I mean, that they're 25 years old. All right, thanks for your call, John. Sounds a lot like Jim and Evergreen Park. Oh, oh, oh you mean the Cub fan that, that screams about how bad the Sox are and how great the Cubs are every day? Yeah. Could, could have been him. Stan in Bellwood, you're on the score. Good morning, Stan. Good morning, Barry. Joe, how you guys today? We're good. Hello? Are you how are you uh handling this White Sox rebuild, which surprise which unsurprisingly is not is not sitting well with some people? Well, I, I, I appreciate all Sox fans perspective here. I mean, I don't think anybody is necessarily 100% wrong. But hey, I just want to add my uh, two cents and believe me, that's, that's all that, that it's worth. <laughs> but I know the White Sox are doing the right thing. Uh, 100% I support the rebuild. Uh, the White Sox needed to get out of bed. They, they needed to pick a lane and get out of the middle. Uh, and I think that that was the right thing to do uh, I have no problem with any of the trades that Rick Hahn made. Uh, they acquired a boatload of uh, prospects, promising ones, and you guys are absolutely correct. Young players need time to develop. Uh, in my case, though, my only issue uh, – uh, by the way, uh, you can't give up on players after two months or one season. That's ridiculous. But in my case, uh, and I found this to be true as I've gotten older. I can't watch them though when they're this bad. <laughs> uh, it's you know, and you know, I've act, I have the baseball ticket. I have access to you know every game every night, and I can pick and choose what games I want to watch. And uh, growing, watching players grow, growing pains just don't float my boat anymore like they would have at one time. Uh, so I, I support the rebuild, but I just don't want to watch them play night <laughs> night in and night out. But they do have my support. I do think that one thing, though, that doesn't help their cause uh, when they're in this stage of their development is that teams that have torn down and started over in the past, uh, like the Astros, uh, the Brewers most recently, and the Braves this year, is that they've come along and developed at a much faster pace and have arrived on the scene much sooner than expected. And I think that one thing that has uh, the White, White Sox fans a little nervous is that they may have to wait a little bit longer, and I think that that's, that's got them on edge. Yes. But I would suggest just wait, and uh, I think things are going to uh, start happening soon. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate the perspective. Ed in Crystal Lake, you're on Hit and Run. Hey, Ed. Hey, before I get to my point about uh, uh, the White Sox, did I hear you saying they sent down the Cubs sent down Farrell? Yes, yes, Cubs sent down Luke Farrell. Thank you for the call. The uh, we have to get to the Cubs rotation. Some things are just better left unsaid. We have I mean, to get your to the. Thoughts on that for charity. Go ahead. 
Yeah, charity. Is that the word? Are we? Am, am I right or not? Yes. At, we played this about a hundred times. I know, it, but it, I still am again. unclear. I would like some clarity. Play it again, Eli. Here it goes. Let me hear your thoughts on that for charity. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know what word. What's your take on that? <laughs> All right, we have to get to Chris Russo. We have to get to the Cubs rotation. Thoughts on him for a sec. Go ahead. And uh, and uh, okay, we'll do that. And and Mr. we shine. <laughs> and we have to. Um, I wrote about uh, the whole MLB TV thing and the package and blackouts and all that stuff. Let me take er, a wild guess. You ripped Rob Manfred. Uh, good call on your <laughs> yes! part. Good call on your I read part, it. Joe. I'm just the uh, the response was extraordinary. There are so many people mad, and I heard from people from all over the country, and I heard from somebody from MLB as well. So we will talk about mm. that in this next hour. But coming up after a brief timeout, we'll get to uh, Chris Russo and then the Cubs rotation here on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question about the hitting. About the hitting. About the hitting. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosner with you for about another hour, taking you up to Cubs baseball. Chris Russo earlier this week on High Heat. Is that what it's called? High Heat? uh, Stop pretending like you don't know and you don't watch it every single day. Just stop. I I did not see him one day this week. I was alerted to this. Oh, you were alerted. I watched. Your peeps told you. Yes. I got a lot of, I got a lot of texts and emails and tweets (laughs) on this. A lot. A lot of times it's me. Sometimes it's you. Uh, There were several people who alerted me to this. I went back and saw it. And this took place early in the week, I think on, uh, I believe it was Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, this is Chris Russo on the MLB Network. Let's get one thing clear. We know Trout's great. I mean, nobody's going to sit there and tell you Trout's not great. I know it. You know it. I like how phone it. He's a great player. I mean, nobody's going to sit there and look at his numbers. Hits the ball out of the ballpark. He's an excellent defensive player. He can run the bases pretty good. He knocks in some runs. He's got the great little OPSs and the sluggings and all that nonsense. And he's got the great war, which people love. Now, the war thing for me is a joke. Because when Ben Zobrist finishes second or third one year as their war representative, there is a major problem with him being your poster boy if you're trying to make war out to be a big deal. So I don't pay attention to war whatsoever. I think it's a waste of time. But the, you know, wins above replacement's a big deal. He does a nice job there at Trout, too. So we understand what Trout has done uh, in his career. And, you know, we know where he is with the Angels. I don't want to hear about the fact he's on a bad team. That's his own fault. He could have gotten out of there, you know, he could be getting out of there now. He signed that extension. He loves Laguna Beach. You know, he loves Anaheim. I think part of Trout likes the idea that he's, you know, you know, basically out there in the middle of nowhere. He's in the shadows of the Dodgers. He can go about his business quietly. I think Trout kind of likes that. So I don't buy the idea. And it's good for him. But I don't buy the idea that, you know, poor Trout playing for the Angels. What a disaster. If he was in New York or in Boston. This would be a totally different situation. I don't pay any attention to that. What I do pay attention to with Trout, and this is where I part ways with the sycophants out there, and we got him on our part. Verducci loves him, and I love Verducci better than anybody. He loves him. This is where I part ways. They want to put Trout, the writers, the baseball geeks, the statistical folks, they want to put Trout on a level that he just does not deserve to be put on. Okay? We know he's great. He's not an immortal. 
All right, he is not in that scenario where he's bigger than his sport. And, you know, he's not LeBron James. He's not Tiger Woods. All right, he's not Roger Federer. He, he is not, he's not Gretzky or Sidney Crosby. All right, he is not in that situation where you sit there and you think, wow, he's bigger than the game. And that is when you are an immortal. And he is not that way. So the idea that Mike Chatt, I'll give you a perfect example. I know you're going to get annoyed by this. If you give me a choice to take my 16-year-old to a ball game, two tickets, any game I want, last game I'm ever going to see, to see Harper or see Trout, I'm going to see Harper. Because Harper's got a little flair. He's got a little, uh, with Harper, you never know what you're going to get. You know, so I actually would see Harper. Now, I know Harper's not as good as Trout, but I'd see Harper. He's got a little Mickey Mantle in him, despite the fact he's uh, phony with the Mickey Mantle stuff. He got a little Mickey Mantle in him. Chad doesn't have any of that stuff. What's your take on that? Okay. That's uh, Fired. Fired. Chris Russo from earlier this week. Fired. No, they love that. They love that there's uh, there's fake fighting between the shows. They love that. That's good. That's, that's one thing. That's a good bit. But, but there's there's the uh, you know he's so anti metrics as to sound like a complete idiot. A war representative. And <laughs> no, and the, and they Which, have a lot of viewers that, that agree with that. Well, yeah, Brian Kenny gets the people who who never leave their houses and just and just look at their laptops all day, and he plays to that. And he even plays though, to the other end of the and, spectrum, and, the and, older guys and, and, and Russo, baseball yeah, Russo network. plays to the to the guys who who believe that metrics are completely useless, and both sides, of course, are entirely wrong. It has to be a mix of both. I but I I frankly think that they're both trolling. I really do. I doubt either one can be that dumb. I really do. Which, I think they're both trolling. Which one? Both of them. Both the Who's, Brian Kenny types. Are you talking and about the, the trout the, or you're just talking in general? In, in general. Okay. In general. As for the trout stuff, how is it his fault that the Angels have been bad? How, how I love Laguna Beach. <laughs> yeah, what is well, that? Well, He's just I, making stuff up. He, I, I like Laguna Beach Has he Beach told also. him that I, I'm never new. leaving Laguna Beach? Um, is he going to say this in a few years when he signs with the Phillies? <laughs> Laguna Beach is nice. I, I I, on that score, he's probably correct. I can't. I think probably everybody who, who lives out that way likes Laguna Beach. Uh, how is it his fault that the Angels are bad? How is that his fault? Not. See, this this is the Joey Votto argument. I'm not putting them on the same level, but getting ripped for not leaving. The same people that will rip you for leaving. Yeah, and yeah, you know, <laughs> then you weren't it's ridiculous. Lo- yeah, then you were disloyal, right? Right. As for whether he would be bigger if he played in New York, you got to be kidding me. If he played in New York, he'd be as big as Aaron Judge in terms bigger. of in terms bigger. of popularity. Bigger. I don't know. Hitting home runs is a pretty big deal in New York. If you hit a lot of home runs at Yankee Stadium, you're you're pretty you're pretty big deal. No, but, if he, but they're but, gonna say they're gonna say he's mantle. That's gonna be the thing. Probably, probably. And, and immortal, and, and, and he went down the, this list of immortals for for different sports. He didn't mention a baseball player, he, because that's not the nature of baseball. You can't have a LeBron James of baseball. You can't have a Wayne Gretzky of baseball. He does everything well on a baseball field, right? Is there something that he doesn't do well? Okay, he doesn't have, and he's better on defense now. He's he's really good on defense. Maybe he doesn't have a perfect arm. Okay, he's not Willie Mays. He's pretty good, though. Pretty good at everything on a baseball field. I think he would probably run more if if 
there wasn't some risk of injury? Well, he struck out three times last night. So Russo is now, he's now on, on the downward trend. Okay, good point. Okay, in an era where nobody steals bases, he is the first player to hit 200 home runs and steal 175 bases before his age 27 season. And would probably run more if there weren't some risk of injury, would be my guess, because he's perfectly capable of stealing more. As for the as for the choice between Trout and Harper, oh my God! I don't understand why you have to make a choice between the two. I want to watch. I'm ever going to see to see Harper or see Trout. I'm going to see Harper. Well, I want to see both. I'll see, I'll see Trout if I have to pick. I'll, I, I'll pick Trout. I want to see both. I'm not worried about Bryce Harper. By the way, he's just trying to pull everything. He's trying to pull absolutely everything. Why? I, I I don't know. Oh, I'm not ripping I, him. I'm just yeah. no, no. I'm just saying as as uh, I, I'll digress for a moment. He's trying to pull absolutely everything, and I don't know if that's because his his there were so many injuries in their lineup early in the season, or because the, the pressure of the contract. Uh, who knows? Whatever. Everybody does it. Chris Bryant's been doing it all year. It happens. He'll be fine. Not worried about Bryce Harper at all. But this entire argument and the, you know, look, if you don't like war as a way to compare generations, then find something better. I know it's not perfect. It's definitely not perfect. But it's just a, it's a nice general way. It simplifies to, everything. To cover generations. It does. Sure. The war thing for me is a joke. A war representative. Yeah, do you usually see bad players with high war? He's. Mm. He's going to set a he's going to set a record this year. He's on pace to break Babe Ruth for the single season record for WAR. Think about that, Babe Ruth. If he if he averages a ten WAR for five more years, and then say a seven six for five more after that, and he's averaged a nine four in his four full seasons, he's averaged a nine four. He's on pace for like fourteen this year. But let's just say he averages ten for the next five and seven. Like seven six after that, which is his hundred and sixty two game average seven six. He's Hank Garen. He's going to be like fifth all time before opening I mean, day. What are we talking about before here? opening day when we were talking about AL MVP? The conversation was: if you bet on anybody else, sure there's some value because if you're not picking Trout, sure, but Trout must be injured for anybody else to win AL MVP like I, a season ago. I think calling him the AL MVP is an insult to Mike Trout. I think they should just name the award after him because just giving the him giving him the award isn't even good enough anymore. It's not good enough. He of course he's the AL MVP. And every time every time he takes the field, he's the AL MVP. It's just not good enough. They need to give him that, name it after him and then crown him a uh, King of England or something like that. And and you know like, what, Have, having him out there is awful for baseball. Their best player there was By a very a fu- there's a very funny MLB.com MLB from the MLB account. Uh-huh. There was a very funny tweet this week or very strange depending on how you look at it. They were touting his numbers and the the line was something along something like uh we thought we should market Mike Trout this week. It was something like that. I'm getting the words wrong, but it was something like that. Well, MLB's it been was, criticized. It was an obvious shot at those who say MLB doesn't market its biggest star. And I thought it was a weird admission under the circumstances. 
Well, you can market your biggest star, but the problem is people still aren't going to see him play baseball. They need to see him play baseball. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm a co-host on Hit and Run. I have to wake up at 2.30, 3 o'clock. I don't see this guy play baseball. I have to wait for the highlights. Most people, even being in the Midwest, and we're not even on the East Coast time, we have to see it through the highlights. Uh, Here are some numbers, MLB.com. Trout has already amassed a higher career war than 69 Hall of Fame position players, including Harmon Killebrew, Mike Piazza, Yogi Berra, and Vladimir Guerrero. Only two players have a higher war through their age 26 season than Trout, Ty Cobb and Mickey Mantle. He's not an immortal. (laughs) Not an immortal. He's walking with them right now in his prime. We don't have to wait on anything. Don't have to wait. So I, I just, if, if I don't he believe, retires tomorrow, he's going in. I don't believe someone truly makes that argument like they're being serious. I just, I just, I don't believe it. I don't believe someone could seriously make that argument. That's why I think he's just, he's, he's just trolling. I think he's That's serious. I, I, I kind of do. Um, the, the other thing is, and not his fault. It's not his fault at all. Baseball needs him in the playoffs. They need him in the playoffs. Yep. Showcase this guy. Um, we got to get to the Cubs. Uh, Mike Montgomery starting today. Tyler Chatwood on paternity leave. What does it say about where Cub fans are right now that I would imagine most people who hear that news say, oh, thank goodness. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Because <laughs> I can't watch that anymore. Yeah. I was at the doubleheader on Tuesday, and it was just misery. It was just, I mean, you just, you know, it, it's, it's really, really hard to watch. And he says he's getting closer, and Joe says he's getting closer. But I, I don't, I don't know what he's getting closer to. What is he getting closer to? It's just Chatwood says it too. That's what I'm saying. He, he said it that yeah, day, right? And Joe says it. They say what, it after every start. Yeah. What is he getting closer to? Not walking everybody, not no. hitting guys in the helmet. What is he getting closer to? Throwing it over batters' heads. I mean, that's what we're seeing. So you, he's, he's been, not getting closer to six innings. So you have you have all right, I, and th- this is in relation to whatever Cubs panic may be out there. You have Chatwood, who's been awful. Darvish, who's been hurt. Hendricks, who the last three starts looks like he cannot figure out his mechanics. He, the other night he was absolutely sailing along, and then all of a sudden he walks a couple of guys. Rosario comes in, gives up the grand slam. Montgomery's been really good. Uh, Lester, of course, has been brilliant. Quintana, Friday night is sailing. That's a game you absolutely have to be Jose Quintana in. Just do your job. Give us six or seven strong. Boy, it used to be eight or nine strong. Now you're, like, really satisfied with five or six. It's pathetic. It's really pathetic. Well, Give us – this is a night against a bad team, although Cincinnati's been hot. Fine, I know they've been playing much better over the last month. But get, get through this game. Give us your six or seven. Let's cruise to an easy win. Let the bullpen relax a little bit. You don't even know who's closing. You're not even sure what you you, you pitch. Ceshek every day. They're gonna <laughs> bullpen's a disaster. Gonna, you don't have your closer. You still don't have one of your best bullpen arms in CJ Edwards too. He's got Ceshek is going to have um, scrapes on his knuckles because his arm is going to be dragging on the ground. And he's going to be it's going to be scraping on the ground. They're going to say, Hey, Steve. 
your arm is dragging on the ground, you should pick up your hand because you're gonna get you're gonna get blisters on your knuckles. I've been talking about that for a month. They need to DL him. <laughs> they do. They're going to have to. So if I mean the rest of it, look, they're going to get bullpen arms. There's no question about that. Uh, they're going to hit. That doesn't worry me. You have some guys with some questionable approaches that they're working on. They're trying. They're working with these guys to try to get them hitting to right field again. If you want something to worry about, and uh, remind me, Joe, if I've said this a dozen or so times since opening day, if you want something to worry about, it's a chat what is bad. Darvish is hurt. Quintana has been really inconsistent. The Quintana thing is the third time through the lineup. He was having a nice run of three, four starts. Then was it Sunday night he struggled? That sixth inning. And then same thing was happening against the Reds a third time through the lineup. If that's an issue, you're going to have a big problem. Because if you have to pull him after two times through the lineup, he can only go five or six for you. This was the guy that was supposed to be able to go deeper in the game. The good news is I don't think there's a lot to be worried about in the National League. I mean, Atlanta and Philly, great stories. You worried about them in the postseason? The Nationals, if Strasburg is not healthy, I mean, a great move to get Herrera, but they their injuries will continue to come. They're the Nationals, okay? I mean, how do you just not think it's just going to continue to happen, right? Strasburg, the Strasburg thing has to worry you. I love Max Scherzer. No, uh, outside of Madison Bumgarner, I don't know that there's anybody else I'd rather start in game one of anything. In the West... Anybody there you're in love with? Oh, please. Okay, so... The winners, how so, many wins do you need to so, win that division? So, okay, so the good news is there's not a lot to worry about in the National League. They'll catch the Brewers, they'll beat the Brewers, they'll win the division. But you do got to ask yourself at some point, and that day is not today, but at some point you got to ask yourself as you get toward the end of July and into August, what three starters, or potentially four, do you feel great about going into the postseason? Boy. I think I think Hendricks will be fine. Lester, you gotta love. Who's your who are your third and fourth starters right now? I mean, these are it's a fair question to wonder about. It's a little early, and they can straighten these things out. Even Tyler Chatwood has time to fix himself before then. But it hasn't been very pleasant to watch. You can make the argument that the Nationals are a better team. You can make that argument and Maybe I'm just going crazy about it, but I love what Mike Rizzo did. Those three minor leaguers, he didn't give up anything. He jumped the market by six weeks. He wasn't waiting around like these other teams are going to wait around, and he went out and he got the best closer. And maybe, very bold, maybe they have a better bullpen now than the Cubs. We know they're better. They have a better top half of the rotation than the Cubs. So you start looking around. Comparing the two teams, there are a lot of elements that you could say that Washington is a better team right now than the Cubs. So, I mean, that that's what we're looking at, right? 1A, 1B, Cubs-Nats, you can reverse it if you want. Would you blame me if I just felt like I've, I expect the Nationals bus to crash on the way to, to the stadium sometime in July and three guys is this going? A, is going. this a Nationals playoffs thing? Is this a Davey Martinez, all of the above? No, it's just a Nationals thing. Okay. Just a Nationals thing. I, but do you blame me for that? I don't blame you, but 
You don't buy it? No. <laughs> I don't buy it for a second. All right. How, what would, I expect their oh, bus man. I expect their bus to crash. What if Davey right, Martinez beats Joe Madden? Now, in a <laughs> in a battle of wits, <laughs> uh, when it comes to managing a playoff game, you got to ask who is who is better armed if anyone in that conversation. All right, we got to get to a break. And uh, Bruce Levine coming up next on Hit and Run on the Score. They want to put Trout, the writers, the baseball geeks, the statistical folks, they want to put Trout on a level that he just does not deserve to be put on. Okay? We know he's great. He's not an immortal. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.